everybody. Welcome in to the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast. I'm Jonathan Hood on the road, driving back from Milwaukee to Chicago. And all I have in my ears is Laverne and Shirley. Because when Tony Khan came out before the Dynamite taping at the Panther Arena in Milwaukee, he came out to this music. That's right. Driving back from Milwaukee. Glad that you're with us. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. That's WrestlingTWT. As I mentioned, I'm driving back from Milwaukee. Boy, you know I got the wrestling fever on a Wednesday night. Traveling 115 miles both ways to see AEW Dynamite. (laughs) And don't forget, we're going to be giving tickets away for AEW Dynamite, Rampage, and also All Out. The events will take place in September on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show, of course. If you listen to me here on the podcast, you know I'm doing mornings between 7 and 10 a.m. Central, Cap and J-Hood on ESPN 1000, and of course, download the ESPN Chicago app. So, as I mentioned, on the road here, uh, still in Milwaukee, traveling, getting back home to Chicago pretty soon here. Uh, probably a couple hours, really. So, here's what I saw from AEW Dynamite. I don't have any notes, so if I uh, just kind of uh, linger on in our conversation, I just want to record this podcast without any notes. I'm just going by memory. First of all, hats off to the people at Uh, The Panther Arena in Milwaukee I've been there several times The old Mecca That's where the Milwaukee Bucks used to play The Panther Arena is in the shadows Of the Pfizer Forum Where the Bucks won the championship The brand new arena for the Milwaukee Bucks As a matter of fact there was a Bucks in 6 chant That broke out uh, At the Panther Arena at some point tonight uh, During Dynamite Because Bucks fans And Wisconsinites still in the afterglow of winning the NBA championship, so I totally get that. So hats off to the crew at the Panther Arena. I walk into that place. I said, hey, I'm Jonathan Hood from ESPN Chicago. Here to pick my, up my credential. Five minutes, I get my credential. Boom, right there at the box office. I didn't tell you the story of when I went to Rampage in Chicago. I go to the United Center at the East Atrium. And you always, if you've ever been to the United Center in Chicago, it's a big place. And I had to go way over to the other side of the building to get my credential. They put like a little wristband on me. Like, you know, when you go to a party, you go to a club and they put a wristband on you for drinks or admittance, whatever it is, right? I'm about to go into the arena. The security stops me and says, whoa, 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 where are you going? I go, well, I have my wristband here. They say, you don't have a credential. I go, I wasn't given a credential. Do you know the security at the United Center, my home, right, in Chicago, detained me for 25 minutes while ADW Dark was going on. I was against a white wall waiting for a little guy to get on his CB radio, get on his walkie-talkie to find out if I was legit or not. Even with an ID, even with the wristband, I'm against the wall in the East Atrium of the United Center just to get into the building, get into the arena part of the United Center. And Milwaukee, yes sir, right here, five minutes, boom. 
I, I didn't tell you that, but I just wanted to share that story with you. My home, Chicago, they didn't know who I was, but in Milwaukee, yes, sir, right here. And we'll show you to your seat. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, you know, that's, that's the breaks, right? Anyway, so the Panther Arena was not sold out. As a matter of fact, there was a long line of people trying to just get walk-up tickets. I know people get online now. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's WrestleNomics or I don't know if certain websites are looking at ticket sales, right? And they go on the site and they just put out there how many tickets are sold. That's a new thing in wrestling now where you go to the website or some site to find out how many tickets are sold and how many seats are available and they show you these graphs, right? Well, I don't need any graphs to know that there was some empty seats there. Not a whole bunch, but it wasn't the sellout it was at the United Center. And there were some people in the concourse, and when the show started, I would say for everything that they, the AEW had to do to make sure that show went off on TNT, I would say 90% full. And I think that's a win for AEW. 90% full because the section I was sitting in, and... Somehow, some way, and I love it, by the way, the seats I had tonight for Dynamite is the same seats I had at Rampage, as far as the same section. I am to the right of the stage, where they have their platform, the pyro, everything else. I'm, I'm sitting in that kind of a auxiliary area. I did that in Chicago, and did that in Milwaukee as well, kind of off to the side where the media is supposed to be. Uh, just across from the stage where it's, I'm, I'm sitting close enough where I could feel the, the heat on my chin when they had the pyro and the fire for certain wrestlers that come out. So I've enjoyed my seats and I've enjoyed the shows I've been to. And I would say 90% because the people in the upper bowl above me, those seats were available, but they were not sold. Those are empty. But on the floor... Uh, and in the majority of the Panther Arena, absolutely, people are there. So there's nothing like home, right? You listening in Los Angeles, you listening to me in New York, listening to me uh, in Atlanta, I get all of the numbers and the cities and states that listen to this podcast, and I appreciate every one of you for even downloading the podcast and giving me a, a minute or two of your time, maybe 15 minutes, maybe the entire time. I just appreciate it. And I just want you to tell people that I'm talking wrestling. That's, ever, that's all I ever ask you is to tell people that Jonathan is talking wrestling. Pass this podcast along. Don't be selfish. That's all I ever ask. Um, so I, uh, I've i enjoyed you know, going to AEW the last couple of shows. Rampage right after. And now I'm going to, I went to Dynamite tonight. That was fun. But there's nothing like home, man. And I'll just start with CM Punk. And if you missed the interview that David Kaplan and I did with CM Punk, go in the archives of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, download that podcast, subscribe it, like it, uh, and that way you never miss an episode. CM Punk was on with us, and uh, I'm so grateful for my friends in the wrestling media that shared with people the interview. Uh, they did the transcriptions of the interview, so I'm cool with that. But CM Punk in Milwaukee is not CM Punk in Chicago. And I know it's the first time you see CM Punk, and it's like the crowd was extremely hot. It's one of the greatest moments in my wrestling fandom to see CM Punk come out. I mean, the crowd was hot. It was buzzing while he was out there. When he left, the whole hour, um, 
my friend James Steele, who works for ESPN Radio in Bristol, said, I felt sorry for the rest of the crew after CM Punk left because nothing was going to be as high as that. And that's true. Uh, the numbers were fantastic. But CM Punk in Milwaukee, it wasn't the same palpable type of rumble like it was in Chicago. And I'm, I guess it won't be. In certain areas, I think it will be. But in Milwaukee, I don't know how many people travel from Chicago to Milwaukee for this like I did. Um, but as Dynamite was starting, then you got the chance of CM Punk. When I was in Chicago, during AEW Dark, people in full throat were chanting for CM Punk, yelling his name, uh, even an hour before Dynam- uh, uh, an hour before Rampage last Friday. In Milwaukee, they're like, okay, when Justin Roberts, the re-announcer, says we're going to be on in five minutes, then the CM Punk chance started to come. But it wasn't necessarily as strong. And then, of course, CM Punk comes out, and it's a very strong ovation. Strong. It's not Chicago strong, because now that's the litmus test. That's the level, right? Are you going to be as loud as Chicago? Because that's what it comes down to. And Milwaukee was appreciative of CM Punk. There was a lot of um, a lot of noise for CM Punk, especially when he came out, especially when he was going to start talking to Tony Schiavone. He started to pick up steam in a big way. At first... Before he came out, no, but when he finally came out and then talked to Shivani, yeah, it got loud. It got loud. And so the appreciation was there. But again, Chicago is the level, right? That's the that's the litmus test. And so I thought that he had a really strong ovation uh, in Milwaukee. And he's talking about Darby Allen and he's promoting his he's promoting his match. And you know, I gotta say it, right? There's certain markets in wrestling. If you've watched wrestling long enough to know, you know what I'm talking about, right? There's certain markets you watch on TV that are confused on what chance to do. There are markets in wrestling that are still doing the what chant, the fucking what chant from 20 plus years ago with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, I mean, like middle markets, you, you know, some B-towns, because they didn't do it in its height. You know, or they did it 20 years ago, and they think it's hot. Even though they might be watching the product every week, they're doing the what chant. And so we got the yes chant, the Daniel Bryan yes chant, during the CM Punk promo. If you watch Dynamite, you saw this. And Punk shot with the audience and said, that's another guy's gimmick, just be patient. And it was just like a little bit of, just a little taste, Right? Just a little creak of the door. The door was ajar. Looking into the future of Brian Danielson possibly coming to AEW. I mean, just like, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, it's punk, so none of it is scripted, right? His focus is to promote his show at the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates. But he, he opened the door ajar because the fans in Milwaukee doing the Yes chant completely... You know, they just want to get involved somehow and they use a, a chant that's not even around over the last six months, right? In Daniel Bryan. They're chanting, yes, yes, pointing their uh, fingers in the sky. And Punk's like looking around like, that's another guy's gimmick. And just be patient, you'll see him at some point. Which tells an AEW fan that, hey, Bryan Danielson's coming. And I think he wa- might be coming to Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York. If not sooner, um, but I, I found that interesting. That was that got a pop in the crowd, right? That was kind of cool. But it's Punk, so I'm not surprised, right? He's the coolest guy in the room. 
he gets a lot of attention. He went around and, and slapped high fives and uh, talked to the fans, and, uh, and and people love him, and, and because they're just happy to see him back. The other thing is, is that I think that Punk is just happy to be back. It's one thing for the fans and me and you to be like, wow, it's been seven years, he's returned. But it's the old Jim Cornette, how can I miss you if you don't go away, right? And so to see CM Punk smiling and slapping hands and taking pictures with the fans, this is when you're not seeing it on camera. And that's that's when it's not even on TNT. Um, That's kind of cool. And so I've seen that twice now, Friday night on Rampage and also on Dynamite. So I'm, I'm very happy that he's happy. And again, go back to the uh, interview that uh, Cap and I did with uh, Punk. He was happy there. Um, he says it was the greatest moment of his wrestling career. Think about that. He didn't even wrestle. He just came out. Let me just say a, little, a, few, a few other things about Punk before I get to Dynamite. And again, I'm just drive, driving along here and tell you my thoughts about um, about Dynamite. Um, so, I want you to think about CM Punk and the world's, you know, the, 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 the secret was out, was out, right? The world's worst kept secret. CM Punk might become an AEW. And even in a scenario where many of us knew that eventually it's going to happen, the anticipation of just seeing him drew a house, a sold-out house at the United Center. As I mentioned on the previous podcast, that building wasn't even available three weeks ago. And yet, Tony Khan says, I think we can get the United Center on a Friday night while it's closed, no events are happening there, and boom, a sellout. That's crazy. I'm telling you, a legit sellout. People on Wrestling TWT on Twitter says, hey, is it a sellout? Yeah. Uh, Behind the stage... I mean, it was empty seats there because they had to build that out because of the, the stage. But if there was no stage, it was just a ramp and a door. Uh, they could have got 20,000 people in there. <laughs> if it was the old school where you don't need all that staging and all that pyro and stuff, and it was just a curtain and a ramp, a curtain and just a walkway, uh, they could have got 19,000, 20,000 people in there easy. Uh, I'm, I'm sure people were turned away just on the rumor that CM Punk might be coming to Chicago. They, the rumor that he's coming to AEW, that's professional wrestling. That's not sports entertainment. That's professional wrestling. The anticipation. And, and in 20, I'd say 30 years ago, everyone even, wasn't even smart to, to everything. And even the smart marks weren't even sure about exactly everything that was happening by you know chapter and verse in pro wrestling. But I think that that's the reason why the moment was so great. And I wish that you were sitting next to me uh, at Rampage to just witness that with me. Because on my Instagram at WrestlingTWT, um, the rejoin that we did on the radio show, what you saw on TNT, is, is it can't even, I don't care what how good your surround sound is, it does not even match what it was like to be in the arena. I wish you were there with me to feel that energy. I got so many text messages and put I'm so jealous. I wish I was there. I wish I was there for that moment. I was there to see Chris Jericho and his debut in the WWE at the uh, Allstate Arena. It was a hot crowd there for that because the anticipation, the countdown was coming. Like Jericho was coming to the WWE. I was there in the building for that. And it was a hot crowd for that too, but not like CM Punk in Chicago. And so I just enjoyed that. So just 
I hope that we have more moments like that with other wrestlers where you may know what's happening, but the anticipation to see the wrestler come out, man, I mean, when Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson eventually shows his face, or some of these other cast-offs from the WWE, when they get to their destination, hopefully they'll get the kind of ovation that they deserve, right? And But CM Punk is the pinnacle of all of that. So as far as uh, Dynamite in Milwaukee, uh, such a B-town. <laughs> I don't mean to shit on Milwaukee, but it's just like, you know, in Chicago at Rampage, I mean, the crowd is hot for everything. I, I was Someone was asking me, like, how hot was the crowd outside of CM Punk? So the Chicago crowd's hot for everything. You could be Nick Nemeth. What was it? Ryan Nemeth? Whatever. The, the, oh, the Nemeth brother, the Hollywood hunk. You could be Nemeth. You could be Peter Avalon. Or you could be Kenny Omega. The crowd's hot for everything in Chicago, right? Um, and so you could be at the top of the card, middle of the card, bottom of the card people will enjoy you. Uh, in Milwaukee, eh, there was there was some applause. People knew who the stars were. And so the crowd wasn't as hot for everything like Chicago, but it was a, a really solid crowd that enjoyed the stars. Uh, like a Darby Allen, he comes out there in a six-man tag team matchup with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston was over, man. He got a lot of chance tonight. Uh, and Darby Allen's part of that six-man tag team matchup, which was which was cool against the the wingman and Peter Avalon. That's just so bad. That gimmick is horrible. There's just some things that don't deserve to be on Dynamite, and that deserve. I mean, that deserved AEW Dark. That best friends gimmick. I don't I don't know what that is because I don't watch enough Dark or Elevation to know what that is. But it just didn't, it just seemed like a ragtag group that was not ready for that level, because they got pounded by Moxley in Kingston, they got pounded, legit pounded, uh, and so that happened, um, you know, the, the Lucha Brothers, man, in Chicago at Rampage, after CM Punk, Lucha Brothers were right up there at the top three pops of the night, and you can just tell that there's a lot of respect in the crowd for the Lucha Brothers, and the same thing in Milwaukee. Uh, they got a really good pop. It's not just their pyro, it's just their presentation. And people really enjoy that tag team. And I think that um, those two deserve to be the tag team champions. If they're going to be in the company for the long haul or split, split time with Mexico, they deserve it because they get a, a big reaction. Thunder Rosa gets a big reaction. A really big reaction. Saw that in Chicago. I've seen that her in the Indies. I've seen some uh, stuff from her from the Indies and also in Milwaukee. Again, she comes out with that flag, and people really respect Thunder Rosa. No offense, Dave LaGreca. I know LaGreca and and Thunder Rosa have heat, but uh, Rosa gets a lot of pops. She gets a lot of credit when she's out there. She could be out there. I saw her on um, the dark taping uh, before... AEW Dynamite, and boy, she gets a big reaction. People really respect her, so I like that a lot. Um, so I'm watching Don Callis, and Don Callis is out there with that Pepto Bismol suit, and I, I want to just give him credit because I know that he loved Bobby Heenan 
And Bobby the Brain Heenan is the best manager that this business has ever seen. Bobby the Brain Heenan, as Hulk Hogan once said, could have been world champion. And I know that if you go back and you think about Bobby the Brain Heenan, you're like, no way. Bobby could work. And I watched him as a kid. He could work. He took a pounding from Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher and all these wrestlers back in the day. I saw this as a kid, right? Going to the International Amphitheater in Chicago and watching the AWA as a kid. Um, he could work. And I saw some sort of stuff from Japan. I mean, Bobby could work. But you know, he wanted to be a manager. And he was a fantastic manager because he took bumps. He knew what to say. He knew how to get heat. He knew how to represent his. But I, I think about Callis because I know Callis really loves Heenan. And he's doing everything he can to get Omega over. Now, Kenny Omega is already over as AEW champion. He's got all these championships. But just the little, the little cherry on the sundae is how Don Callis can get on the skin of people, right? Where the fans, not only in Chicago, but also Milwaukee, are calling him a carny piece of shit because that is the new, the thing that um, that Christian Cage says. That was an interesting face-to-face between Christian Cage, Don Callis, Kenny Omega, and crew. I thought that that was very good uh, because it hypes the match. Now... I would say that Christian Cage is about a 900-to-1 shot to win the AEW Championship. To win the Impact Championship on night one, the first episode of uh, of Rampage, I thought the match was awkward. Not in-ring. I don't mean in-ring. I mean, like, so your first match on AEW Rampage is for the Impact Championship. It kind of shows you that there is a real kinship. There is a deal that's taking place between Tony Khan and and Impact Wrestling and AAA and other companies, it's it's a forbidden door. It's open. It's unusual because wrestling doesn't really work that way, right? But it was was interesting and odd to see the Impact Championship being defended on the first episode of Rampage. But so Christian Cage wins over Kenny Omega, and I'm like, wow. Like, when's the last time you see Omega just beaten down like that and lose? So, so now I see this match coming up to it uh, off in the States of the Now Arena, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, Cage is not going to win this matchup. He's not going to win, but I know it's going to be a really good match. It's going to be a very solid match. That's how I see it. Um, and because I thought the Rampage match they had was very good. So I look forward to seeing that, but I like the verbal um, from both, the conversation, the interview that they both did. Kenny Omega, along with, and who's not a great promo, by the way, Omega's a middle-of-the-road, above-average promo, he'll admit that himself. Um, actually, maybe some of his promo work is the best he's done in a long time, if ever, in his career as AEW champion. I mean, if you're the champion, you should be able to talk, right? But I think that Don Callis helps a lot, and I like Christian there. I think it's going to be a really good matchup. It elevates Christian in a big way. So I like that. Let me see. Um, I, I saw the Gun Club for the first time all together, Billy Gunn's kids. And it took on um, QT Marshall and his group. And this is the first time I'm going to talk about QT Marshall on this podcast. You know what? I don't get it. 
and maybe you get it and I don't understand. I don't get QT Marshall and the and just the whole thing with him, right? QT Marshall does not have facials. For me, his face is the same. I see QT Marshall and his facial expression is just the same. I see QT Marshall as a solid wrestler, but not necessarily something that I go, man, I can't wait to see that QT Marshall match. <laughs> I don't, I never, I mean, I've seen him wrestle in AEW, and I've never thought, damn, I gotta see that QT Marshall match. And man, I gotta see this Conforto and this other guy that he's working with, with his group. I can't wait to see them. I don't get it. And maybe you can explain this to me at Wrestling TWT, but I, I don't get the fascination of QT Marshall. And now he's setting up his match against the Big Show and, and the Big Show, Paul White. And so that should be a quick match, at least, at least I hope so. I think that uh, Paul White should be able to take care of him in short fashion. But I, I don't get the QT Marshall thing. I, I don't get it. I know he works in the company, and I know that he's very instrumental as far as, as, far as working with young talent. But him as a wrestler, like, I think he's solid. But, I mean, I, I see match one, match two. Every time I see him, I'm like, that guy shouldn't be anywhere in the middle or the, the back of anybody's card. He's just... He's just kind of there. I don't. I don't know. I don't get it. But I. I just. Um, I really like some of the things from AEW that's headed in the right direction. Like CM Punk is right at the top of that. Um, seeing Kenny Omega in this title matchup here against Christian Cage is gonna be fun. Darby Allen saw Darby Allen tonight, and again over with the crowd. Uh, people like him a lot. Um, Luchasaurus, watching him and Jungle Boy, fans like him, and I understand. You know, some people that are diehard WWE people, WWE fans. I see this online, and I don't get into it. I just read it on social media. The tribalism between the WWE and AEW. One thing for sure about AEW fans, they like their people because it's different. Because it's not. WWE, and as I said on several occasions on this podcast, you got to make sure that you are not the WWE. Last thing you need is WWE light. You don't need to do anything that they do except make money. That's the thing AEW's got to do is, you want to be like WWE? Make the money that they do. Sell out arenas like they do. Uh, Sell out stadiums like they do. You know, have more TV deals uh, like they do. That's what you want to uh, be emblematic of. But doing their comedy and all that stuff, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's that's really the deal. Uh, you don't, you're not going to out-comedy the WWE anyway. And even with the bad, shitty comedy that you get from the WWE at times, it still draws a two on Monday Night Raw. It still draws a two on SmackDown. So the longevity uh, and the fans giving the benefit of the doubt, it just seems to work. But because AEW's new... They gotta realize that they have to be able to be different, and I think that they are in a lot of ways. Um, and so I'm watching some of the talent on Dark, and you know they got a lot of wrestlers, and they got a lot of young wrestlers, young. And you know when you have a one-hour wrestling show like Rampage, you got a couple of shows on YouTube, you got a couple of shows on on Turner TV. 
man, you got to try to be able to figure out who can work and who can't. You know, there's sometimes, uh, I'll give you an example. I've not seen Brock Anderson since his debut. Now, I'm sure people saw the other four or five matches he was on, on Dark or Elevation, wherever he was. But he was in the main event tonight. The main event against Malachi Black. And I was saying, wow. Now, that was a showcase for Malachi. I get that. But Brock Anderson didn't even cut a promo. Arn cut the promo for, for Brock Anderson. So you know what this match was, right? They wouldn't let Brock talk. Brock is very straightforward like his old man. But he didn't even talk. Like, Arn talked for him. And Brock got destroyed. He got busted open early. He started bleeding like his old man. And he got destroyed. He got folded up like a cheap tent. And, and the whole thing with Malachi, like, he during the commercial break of Dynamite, he's just sitting in the corner. And he's got his legs folded, a la CM Punk, and just got a white spotlight on him. He's just waiting. And then Brock Anderson comes out there, and he gave a, a decent showing, but very little offense. He's not supposed to. I get that, right? But, man, he got destroyed. And that was the main event. And I'm thinking, well, where's Brock Anderson been? He gets his debut in a tag team match with Cody Rhodes, and then you don't see him. And for those of you that are diehards, you're like, well, he's on YouTube. He's on. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> it's like, I got a morning show. I got an NBA podcast. I got a Tuesday Rusty Tuesday podcast. I got a, I got uh, chores at home. I got to take care of Cap every every morning. I got stuff to do. <laughs> so. You know, I got to get to meet with sponsors, so I don't have time to watch every single ancillary show from AEW or the WWE for that matter. Uh, so, yeah, I was. It, it, that's the thing. When you're so big, you have so many wrestlers. You're like, man, you want to see these wrestlers at least every other week on your main shows. But when you're so big and you see these wrestlers once a month, now you get big really quickly. But the, I guess the positive is is that if nothing else on these other shows that the wrestlers at least have a show to work on. Like, I don't know how many wrestlers they have in the back. I mean, they, when you, if, if you've ever been to an AEW Dark or Elevation TV taping, these matches are like they were back in the day. They wrestle for like three minutes, four minutes, and then it's done. And then the next match is in the ring in 30 seconds. I mean, if you're sitting in your seat in an arena... You don't have time to get popcorn because they make sure that these matches are back to back to back. I noticed it again uh, tonight in Milwaukee. Like, man, it's like these are stars I've seen on Dynamite, but I see them on Dark and the, the TV taping I was at at 6 o'clock this evening. And it's like, wow, my goodness. They move these wrestlers in, in and out. So it's interesting. Well, I tell you what. Uh, I liked what I saw tonight, including with Chris Jericho. Because Chris Jericho spoke in the middle of the ring. I don't know what gym shoes he had. It was pretty nice, the gym shoes he was wearing. Uh, but he came to the ring, and he said, I, I, I get tired of just losing to MJF. I, I won four matches, and the fifth match, I lost against MJF. And he says, I'm going to do this. I want one more match against MJF. It's going to take place at the... Uh, now Arena. MJF comes out to the ring. 
and he shoots a great promo because MJF is a great promo, as you and I both know. And he says, okay, one more match. If you lose, Jericho, he's, he says he will leave AEW. He says he'll just be an announcer. He'll never wrestle in AEW again if he beats MJF, which means that Jericho's going to beat MJF. And let me just talk about that for a second. If it is true that Jericho is going to beat MJF in Hoffman Estates at the Now Arena for All Out, why? Why? Why that stipulation? I don't understand that stipulation. See, here's what I'm thinking. If Jericho's not going to hang it up, Jericho is going to keep wrestling as far as I know. If MJF loses to Jericho, what does that do for MJF? As a matter of fact, let's be candid. What has this feud with Chris Jericho done for MJF? MJF is the closest thing to Rowdy Roddy Piper that we have seen in generations. He's the best promo in the business. He gets under people's skin legitimately. In, in a, in the, you know, where everyone's smart, he still pisses people off online and in person. I saw him in MLW several times at the Cicero Arena in uh, right outside of Chicago. And I noticed that people were getting real close to the railing on MJF because he talks shit. And I know outside of the arena at the Cicero Stadium, they would talk shit and people wanted to cut his throat. That's legit. They wanted to cut his throat because those people believe, okay, (laughs) and MJF would just continue to do his thing and just say what he wanted to say, and it's like, dude, these people in Cicero don't play. My point is, is that MJF is very talented, and MJF should be further along on the card, further along in AEW than where he is. He's standing still with Chris Jericho. They've had the War Games match. They've had Chris, you know, they've had the whole song and dance routine, the, 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 you know, when they were together as a combination. When will this end? It should have ended at the fifth labor. Chris Jericho loses, move on. But Jericho wants more. Like, this is becoming Jimmy Valiant versus Paul Jones right before my very eyes. If you get that reference, you're a good wrestling fan. Because that was like a two-year rivalry or more in the NWA back in the day, in the 80s. When will this end? Enough of this. Enough. What I want is to see this thing. I mean, MJF wins. And he won clean as a sheet, by the way, because he won by submission. Okay. Well, that's the end of that, right? No, no, no. Another match. Which tells me that I think Jericho's going to go over. Because Jericho's not retiring. He's not leaving AEW. He's not just going to be a commentator on Rampage. Uh, unless it's something I don't know, I don't think that's going to happen. Which will also leave MJF flatter than a plate of piss if he loses to Chris Jericho. Why should he do that? Didn't have to do that. So, I don't understand it. Um, so, we'll see what happens uh, in Hoffman Estates. So, as I mentioned to you before, it's been really fun uh, going to these shows. Uh, <laughs> I'm back. 
And I'll be also uh, at Rampage. Uh, I don't know. Will I be at Dynamite? Will I be at Dynamite? I don't know if I have. If I'm going. If I have tickets for Dynamite yet, uh, when it's going to be at Hoffman, Hoffman Estates, I don't. Not sure yet. I know I'm going to be at the Rampage on that Friday. I'm not sure about the. Um, if I'm going to be at Dynamite at Hoffman Estates, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I'm. I'm definitely having fun. And it's just not AEW, it's WWE as well because of what's happening with Rome Reigns and what's happening with uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, and by the way, my SummerSlam thoughts are available on this podcast. If you missed my thoughts on SummerSlam, go to the archives of TWT and hear my thoughts on that. My thoughts on the return of CM Punk. And uh, uh, coming up soon, I will give you my thoughts on NXT. A new NXT is on the horizon, apparently, with Samoa Joe and others. And, uh, and Adam Cole. And by the way, when Britt Baker was out there, let me just mention this too. I told you I have a stream of consciousness. I'm just remembering off the top of my head the things I saw on Dynamite. Um, when Britt Baker was out there, we got a lot of Adam Cole, baby! We got a number of that, those chants um, tonight in Milwaukee. Britt Baker did not sell. She didn't sell it. Uh, but there's a lot of Adam Cole, baby, because Adam Cole, apparently his contract's up with the at least with, a, with um, NXT. I don't know if he's going to resign with the WWE, being on the main roster, or if he's coming to AEW. I have no idea. I've not heard anything, but I thought that that was interesting. People with Adam Cole chants when uh, Britt Baker was out there. And so, um, so Hater, uh, really, she's, boy, she's tall, powerful. Hater's out there. She's made her return back to AEW to take on Red Velvet. Oof, man! Red Velvet, she took a pounding, and she made some mistakes in the ring also. And it's just like, dude, this is dynamite. You, I mean, everything can't be ballet. Everything can't be perfect. I saw some things in the ring there where it wasn't necessarily smooth. Uh, it doesn't mean, hey, there's always going to be some things that's not necessarily smooth in the ring. It's like Red Velvet in there against Jamie Hader. I was, I was watching that, and I'm like, oh boy, Hader. She was laying it in. I was close enough to see the forearm smashes, the punches, the power moves. I mean, Red Velvet took a beating. And I'm like, is this the same woman that was in the main event in Pittsburgh against Britt Baker? I'm like, I don't care what her one loss record has been on YouTube. I'm like, is she really ready for that level? Like, some of the people in there, they just there's a need for seasoning. And again, this is what happens. We have a, a lot of youngsters in the roster learning on the fly. Um, as I was sitting there watching Dynamite, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, I was like, boy, you know, during this pandemic, and I don't know what the Delta variant is going to bring as far as how it affects wrestling, but, um, you know, I was thinking wrestling in AEW in particular, when we get on the other side of this pandemic and then we could be able to have a lot of these arenas opened up and AEW really needs some house shows. And I don't think I don't know if Tony Khan feels the same way. I hope they have Tony Khan on this program, by the way, where I'm working on that, because it'll be my first time talking to him one-on-one. Uh, hopefully to promote what's going on in Hoffman Estates uh, for Dynamite, Rampage, All Out. Hopefully he can come on the show. I'm working on that. But I'd like to ask him whether or not he thinks house shows is something that is important to him, because some of these wrestlers, I'm watching them, and I'm thinking, boy, they can use some seasoning. And the only way you get seasoning is not necessarily the cameras rolling, but on the road. 
you, you work out your kinks and you work out your, your the things that you want to do as a tag team or as a singles or a trios, as they say, on the road. Uh, there's a need for some of these AEW wrestlers to be on the road three or four days a week, uh, away from the cameras. If, you know, if you put it on YouTube, that's fine. But I, they really need some live events to like, okay, let me work on the rhythm of some things here so that way we're ready to go when we get on TV, when we get on um, Rampage or Dynamite. I don't know if that's something they want to do, but I really think they need some some of these wrestlers, these young people. And again, these, a lot of these wrestlers are from the independent circuit that have not worked in front of TV cameras, especially national TV cameras and where to be and, and what moves to use and what's good for TV and what's not. I, I, and again, I don't know what the formula is in the back with uh, AEW. I know what it is in the WWE. There are certain things that you might have done in the independent circus that you're not going to pull out unless it's on a major event, uh, a takeover event, or if it's on a pay-per-view. You're just not going to do that in regular TV. Um, so I don't know the protocol in AEW, but there's a, there's a need for some seasoning. Three or four days on the road to get themselves in a position where they are sharp when they get on TV on the main shows. That, that was my thought the last couple days going to AEW shows just with some of the young talent. Not all, but a few people uh, on these AEW shows that I've been seeing. Alright, as always, I appreciate it. And again, as I, I'm in a thunderstorm, lightning storm for sure, as I drive back to Chicago, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know, by the way, that I will be on Busted Open on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. I'll be teamed with the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. I did not see him tonight in Milwaukee. Uh, but I'll be with the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. And I uh, we will do our show together Saturday morning. This Saturday as we record this. I don't have my date book in front of me. But it's this Saturday <laughs> from 8 to 11 a.m. Central. And again, if you don't hear us live, Hood, I can't hear it. I don't have Sirius XM. You know I'm going to take care of you, right? Don't always take care of you with content. Don't always give you a podcast. If you don't listen to me live, and I really wish you could if you can, um, then check out the podcast when me and the world's strongest man will talk wrestling, AEW, NXT, WWE, and everything else. Because it'll be great for us to be able to talk about SmackDown and what's going on with the AEW as well. Uh, And, of course, on SiriusXM Channel 156, if you don't catch us live, you can catch replays of the entire show, the all three hours, throughout Saturday and also throughout Sunday. They replay the hell out of it when Ryan McKinnell and uh, Mark Henry are on. So I'll be in for McKinnell. I'm going to have fun uh, talking wrestling with Mark Henry. All right. I'm the, I could be talking about other things, but I'm not going to continue. I just want to just lock in on AEW because I thought it was a, a solid night in this B-plus market. That is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I know people in Milwaukee won't like me saying that, uh, but I, I enjoyed my time there, seriously. Um, but again, Chicago, the capital of the wrestling world, my friends, that is the measuring stick. And so uh, I enjoyed my time watching AEW Dynamite. It's Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter, Instagram, at WrestlingTWT. Again, WrestlingTWT. Tell somebody that Jonathan is talking wrestling. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday, right here, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Talk soon. Next, I'll be reviewing the NXT TakeOver show from the CWC Center.